G'day friends. A lot has changed in footy this week and in society, but mostly in footy because that's what's important. That's what's important. Um, and more things are going to change as the year rolls on. Um, is this now a tainted season? What, what, what is history going to think of what happens this year in the AFL? How are we going to look on this in the future? We've had a taste of the new way of things tonight with the Carlton-Richmond game. Uh, so let's get into it. season down to 17 rounds or sorry more accurately 153 games the reason they axed the 17 round label is that um what is extremely likely is that at some point the AFL will look to squeeze as many games as possible into as few weeks as possible so i'm talking playing a game every night of the week for you know two or three weeks um, they may do this preemptively to give themselves more flexibility should the season need to be halted for one of many possible reasons. So yeah, they cut the season down, obviously to give themselves wiggle room in terms of playing out the whole year as the coronavirus continues to change things and wreak havoc on society. But yeah, they got rid of the um, <clears throat> they got rid of the seventeen round label because it is not going to be seventeen rounds. It could just be a very sort of fluid, continuous season. Ah, okay. Um, what this means, I think, is that the season is going to be even more even. So no one is going to be playing any weaker or stronger teams more than once. So there is no dis or advantage across the season. So mine and everyone else's ladder predictions don't mean anything now. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. Because the whole, like... So what they've said is the first four rounds of the season are going to happen as is. Like in terms of who plays who. Not necessarily where or when. At the moment, the first two weeks are going to stay as is in all aspects, but after next weekend, they might start squishing games through during the week. They might try and smash out lots of games. 
because in two weeks' time they're anticipating that this will have gotten much, much worse. Um, less games is also going to be a lot less strenuous on players, especially when you combine it with the quarters being shortened to 16 minutes plus extra time. So we can definitely expect less injuries coming into next year. Um, but what the AFL want and what they have said is that they want to play a full final series at the end of this, excuse me, at the end of this um, 17 games uh, with an ultimate winner, even if it takes until the end of the year, until December 31st, right? They're, they're prepared to have to pause the season more than once if they have to. No matter what, they are going to have a premiere by the end of the year. don't like it's still going to count but it's it's going to be such a different season to all the others in recent past and the near future it's going to be it's going to be on its own whoever wins the grand final this year is going to be looked upon differently they they were the best team of 2020 under very different circumstances now if Say, for example, Richmond won it, as they did last year and two years ago. No one would care because they're obviously the best team at the moment. Same as if whoever wins it this year went on and won it next year or in a couple of years' time. They'd be like, okay, it wasn't a fluke or it wasn't because the new design of the season worked well for them. Uh, But otherwise, I really think that people are going to look on this year very differently. Like, it's hard to say that, like, tainted is a really harsh word, even though I've put it in the t- in the title. Um, but I think people will throw around similar words or similar meanings. They might say it doesn't count, especially salty people. Like, if, if their team gets beat, beat in the grand final, they're like, oh, it doesn't count. I've only played 17 games. It doesn't count. So it's you know it's it's July third. We're playing the grand final. Doesn't count. You know there, there's a good chance that we could get a lot of that, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, they're going to get it all done by the end of the year, by December thirty first. So there's forty one weeks left in twenty twenty. So fitting seventeen weeks worth of footy into that is very doable. At least you'd hope so. Like, you'd hope that the situation doesn't get so bad that they can't finish the season off. Uh, The players did want to keep the season at 22 games, probably because they want to be fully paid. And, I mean, I want more footy as well. I I would like like the 22 games. Um, uh, But when... After... Oh, shush you. That's the dog. Sorry. He's outside. He's... Being very naughty. Quiet, Obi. You shush. I told him off good, didn't I? Um, yeah, so after this last week of not knowing if the season was going to go ahead at all, and then yesterday they announced that it would, most people were thrilled. 
because of what the alternative was. Everyone was very afraid that we were going to have no football, at least for a little while, possibly at all. It was all very unknown. We are all very scared. And most people, when we got the news yesterday, were wrapped. Because even though it is not footy as we know it, it is still footy, it is still the game we love, and we still get to watch it a little bit. Um, it's, it's absolutely better than no footy at all. Absolutely. Undoubtedly. Um, there are definitely some people, though, who are vehemently against the season going ahead. Sam Newman's had a bit of publicity about his tweet. It was very unimpressed with the decision. Um, they think it's an unnecessary risk to the players and the staff, and, and I, f- I feel like they think it's just unnecessary in general. I, I could not disagree more with that. Like During the bushfires, we turned to music and sport to save us, really, for distraction, for pleasure. Uh, I'm in no way comparing the two crises, but but the the coronavirus is stripping away our society bit by bit. Soon, we may not have much left but our culture. Sport is absolutely one of the most prominent aspects of our culture. I I think it's, it's absolutely crucial that it continues for as long as possible. We need it for our sanity. Like, we need it to keep some level of normality in our lives. Like, we need something else to think about. So, yeah, I'm, I'm firmly, firmly in the camp of keep it going for as long as possible. Like, when... It's a very stressful time for everybody, and... Footy is a huge part of my identity. And when I've been feeling down, just in general, about the whole situation, what I usually do in my life when I'm feeling down, I think about the football. And what I've been thinking about when I've been feeling down about this is I've been thinking about, um, I think into the future. And I think about what it will be like when crowds are allowed back into the footy for the first time whether it's later this year or if it's not until next year, that first game that has a crowd in attendance, um, it's going to be magical. Like there are going to be fans and players and staff and coaches and commentators and um, like everyone is going to be very emotional. Not because it means that, not because it just means that footy is back to normal, but it will signify that we've made it through the crisis and it will be a very powerful experience to go through as a community. So it makes me very good to picture that in my mind. I don't know how far away it is, but it makes me feel very good to picture that experience. I hope uh, hope it's a Saints game because that means I'll be there. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a nice thing to think about, like thinking about when, because whatever game it is, doesn't matter if it's Gold Coast versus North Melbourne in Hobart 
it'll be packed and every every like it's not going to be as animalistic as the footy often is it's going to be a very united experience everyone is just going to be happy that they're at the football and I think it's going to be very, very special. So it's a thing that I'm enjoying thinking about for the moment. But in, so in terms of this season that we're stuck with for now, I'm, I'm still somewhat excited about what the season's going to bring. Yeah, like it's a bummer that it's shorter, but different is always exciting, even like a tiny bit, or interesting, even at the least, like... I think when it comes to the shorter quarters, it's going to make the game a lot faster and more entertaining. Like coaches are probably going to have like 20 to 30 minutes less each game to kick a winning score. Oh, excuse me. So I think we can expect to see a lot less of the little chip passes around half back that we often get when the game sort of slows down. It's going to be a lot more attacking style of football which is going to be excellent and add the general decrease in fatigue that we're going to get across the season and we could be in store for a lot of high quality football like it's important to see the positives at a time like this um so as i said before it is 11 o'clock on thursday night the 19th of march And earlier tonight, we had the first game of the season. We had Richmond going up against Carlton. And I watched the whole thing, because uh, I, I imagine lots of, people, lots of people watched it out of curiosity. I watched it because I'm excited that footy's back, but I also watched it out of curiosity. Um, it was funny, like, before the first bounce, there was lots of sort of wry smiles amongst the players. Like, you could see they were kind of seeing the humour in playing in front of empty stands. Immediately once they started playing, I was like, oh, this is fine to watch. It's really not that bad. Like, the the, the commentary was good. It was um, on Channel 7. It was James Brayshaw and um, Richo was the boundary writer. And, um, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was very, very good. Uh, the, the, yeah, it was entertaining enough. And, like, because it's so quiet, you can hear all the players, you can hear all the staff and the coaches on the sidelines, and you can hear them cheer when a goal gets kicked. And that's that's still not too bad. Like, there is no roar when a goal gets kicked. There is no roar at the end of the game, which is something very special about our game and other team sports that have enormous crowds is that just roar that you get when teams celebrate that's what's going to be missed the most but honestly i thought it was fine without it like it i honestly think it's going to take maybe two weeks and everyone's going to be used to it i mean because it's so quiet i think the runners are going to be out of work <laughs> unless they want to deliver messages in absolute secrecy like they they honestly could just stand on the band like the coaches could go and sit behind the goals if they wanted to i wouldn't be surprised if we see that 
like they can just send an assistant coach to go and sit behind the goals at either end, say that they need to give more advice to the defenders, go and sit behind, go sit at full back behind the goals, just sit where the cheer squad normally sits, and they can shout instructions from there. Like, it, it was so quiet that you could hear everything that was happening. Like, so yeah, I think runners may be coming, might become a little bit obsolete, we'll see. Um... Yeah, like, it was funny seeing all the balls get lost in the stands. They had a whole bunch of of the little ball baskets around the boundary and on little ball boys. So anywhere where the ball went out of bounds, like out into the stands, they wouldn't have to go and fetch it. They could just grab one of the balls, which was good. Good they thought of that. It would have looked very silly. If they hadn't thought of that, balls are just going missing and it takes 30 seconds for someone to go and find it. Anyway, but they had thought of it. Um, it yeah, I mean, it, it probably didn't help the, the TV side of things that the first half of the game was pretty terrible. Like, Richmond smashed them in the first half. Carlton looked slow and disorganised and Richmond just looked fast and slick and well-drilled and skillful. Like They looked really good. The second half was a lot better. It was good to see... Carlton fight back, especially in that last quarter. Like, I think in the end of the third quarter and start of the last quarter, they kicked, like, seven out of eight goals or something like that, and they got within a couple of goals, which is good to see. I think it's good for their season as a whole. I think it shows that they're going to be improving. Like, I think had that happened last year or the year before, the, the margin may have just continued to increase or stay about the same. It was really good to see them fight back. I think the margin in the end was only about four goals, or exactly four goals. So that was good to see from them. Um, yeah, seeing Carlton fight back, I can happily say that the lack of fatigue late in the game made it a lot more entertaining to watch. Like I think if it, it, it's hard to say until I've watched more games, but I think... In a normal length game, Carlton may have been blown away in that last quarter instead of being able to... I mean, it also meant that Richmond were able to hold them off because they had more energy left as well. But I think... Because Carlton even had a couple of... Um, Cruiser went down the first quarter and then they lost someone else later in the game. So the fact that they had two injuries for some of the game, one injury for most of the game, so limited bench rotations... Um, The fact that they had that and they were still able to mount a good fight back in the last quarter was a good indication of what we're going to get in terms of levels of fatigue with this new um, rule set. So I thought that was good. Yeah, Overall, I think it's a solid start to what is going to be a big season of unknowns. It's going to be very different for this whole year. I don't think it was a good very solid first entry for the year so well done to Richmond and Carlton well done to Richmond for getting the win um, so the AFL have said that if a player tests positive the season's going to stop for two weeks I think they said for two weeks um, but they definitely said it was going to stop the whole competition it's definitely possible but unlikely it raises a question that was pertinent anyway. What is going to happen with the AFL's finances? This is something that I'm very worried about. 
they're, they're definitely in trouble having no crowds. They're going to lose so much money every week. So all their money is going to have to come from TV. Right? If they have to stop the season for two weeks or more, they're going to be in real, real strife. No TV money, no crowd money, and clubs begging for help. There are, I believe, about half a dozen clubs who, coming into this season, were still in debt. Um, St Kilda, North Melbourne, Gold Coast, among others. I can't remember exactly who they were. Um, I don't think the AFL would allow any club to go under. That would be the largest complete and utter catastrophe they can imagine. Everyone would completely lose faith in the AFL if they allowed, especially given, you know, we're only 10 years into their expansion clubs, Gold Coast and GWS, that little experiment. If they then allowed, especially a more established club, like one of the Melbourne clubs who aren't doing very well money-wise, like I think Melbourne as well, they might not have a lot of money. Um, If they let one of them go under everyone would just give up. They would completely lose confidence in the AFL. It would be such enormous disaster for them and for the sport. Um, all I can really say is do all you can to support your club and the AFL. Um, don't turn off because it's boring. Keep watching as many games as you can, especially if you're stuck at home, just put on the footy. Like, it's not, you don't even have to bloody watch it. Just turn on the TV and that gets the money ticking over. You turn on the TV and go do something else. Just leave it on. They don't know if your eyes are looking at the screen, but Channel 7 get those numbers. And it's like, all right, we've got 200,000 people watching this game right now. All right, a bit more money for the AFL. That's how it works. So watch the games. Don't cancel your memberships unless you have to. The clubs rely on those memberships. And if those clubs that are struggling, like if all their memberships start to go away, it becomes a lot more likely that they're going to go under. The AFL won't be able to do anything about it if it gets to like a disastrous level. If, if they are going weeks without playing games and people are cancelling their memberships, there's n- the money is not going to just appear out of nowhere. It has to come from somewhere. Um, it's going to be the fans who keep the game alive this year. I'm confident everything's going to be fine. I hope that before the end of the season, society will have returned to some level of normalcy. It would be fantastic if, say, we get to the finals, whether they're happening in July or in December, and crowds are allowed into the finals. That would be amazing. Um, But yeah, otherwise it's on the fans to continue to, to support their clubs and support this code that we love, that we wait all summer for and has finally come back and it's in danger so we really need to help it um just one more thing before i finish up that is not football related 
uh, yesterday, being Wednesday the 18th of March, Scott Morrison did a half-hour press conference where he addressed the nation on big changes to legislation due to the outbreak. Right? He might be a bit of a joke as a leader most of the time, and he might have handled the bushfires in the worst possible way, but he really needs to be given some credit because he absolutely nailed that address. Right? He seemed like a leader who was in control and he definitely made me feel a little bit better about the whole situation. Like, when he got onto the panic buying and he, he, was, he literally just went, stop it, it is un-Australian. Like, his tone of voice was like an angry dad. Like, he genuinely seemed disappointed and pissed off. Like, I believed everything he was saying and I felt good about what he was saying. Which might be the most shocking thing out of this entire coronavirus experience <laughs> that ScoMo has emerged as a relatively respectable leader. Like, it was very good to see. I'm not going to lie. Bloody good on him, seriously. Like, compare him to Trump, who has butchered this just about every step of the way in America. Like, it is really worrying what is happening over there. And every time he goes on TV, he's like, everything's fine. You have it under control. It's going to go away. I give us an A plus for our handling of this. Like, oh dear, you are in so much trouble. Um, and even Boris Johnson in Britain, like Britain have had, I think, about 100 deaths, which is a lot more than us, but they've already closed all their schools, which is could really just choke their health system. Like, so they could be in a lot of trouble. So to see that the Australian government is their their full intention is to keep Australia running as much as possible, that was really good to see. And ScoMo is doing really well, if you ask me. So thumbs up for them. I'll still probably vote Labor though. Don't tell anyone. Uh, okay. Thanks for listening guys. Um Interesting times ahead. I'm going to keep watching the footy. I'll probably do another footy one during the week. I'll review the round of footy just on face value. Try not to talk about the coronavirus as much as possible. Um, also coming up soon, hopefully the next week, will be the much-anticipated review of Parasite. Best picture-winning Parasite. Now that might be almost too aptly named for 2020, even though it's not about any kind of virus or anything, just the name Parasite is a bit funny. Um, yeah, so I've got it, and yeah, I hope to record my review of it in the next week or so. So yeah, look forward to that. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Look after yourselves, wash your hands, be kind to everybody, and have a good day. Bye-bye.